are Corey's ads today? Oh, gosh. You know what? I got this great smoothie the man, other I'm day. Gonna, man, I'm, gonna, I'm muting you. This is the absurd journey of three church planners reintroducing familiar ideas in unfamiliar ways. This is the Bless Up Podcast. Hey, welcome back. This is the Bless Up Podcast. I'm Rachel here with Corey and James as usual. And today I'm going to start off by I want to know something in your life that you planned that did not go as planned. But the answer cannot be becoming a church planter (laughs) or what you thought you were going to be when you grew up. It's not allowed to be those. So what is something that you planned that did not go anywhere near as planned? And we're not allowed to say everything in ministry, literally ever. <laughs> everything <laughs> we epic, ever do. Epic two. <laughs> like, oh. Bro, don't no. do that. Don't do that. We that don't hurt. edit that. JD, you have to edit that out Jonathan. because we don't talk about that epic. Yeah. I, I often refer to the whole COVID era as a whole 18 months of epic two. Yeah, bro. Like there there have so been there have been eight epics. Epic one, epic three, epic four, <laughs> epic five, epic six, epic seven, epic eight. Wait, you didn't count. No, no, no. I said what I said. We don't the talk event about that. Epic shall not be named. Ever. Voldemort event. Yeah, so shame on you. Edit that out because <laughs> I refuse Voldemort to even acknowledge event. that that was even a thing. Uh, well, I can go. And luckily, on this topic, I have a thousand and nine things that I could talk about (laughs) because I am, you know, I just, you know, I've learned that I can plan. It just takes so much. It's not natural at all. And it's actually like it's a it's a deep weakness and a blind spot. So it just takes so much that, you know, I just don't. I adopted a mantra called just living in my teens and early 20s and you know, you just, I am just living you know I was just living and loving existing deep couch sitting finding the space <laughs> to eat wings and things just chill right life is happening and I have no control over it mm-hmm. so I'm letting the balloon go and I'm just chilling but uh during the deep COVID like 2020 Thanksgiving my family didn't gather as they normally did and you know there's a few things that I just want from Black Thanksgiving that like other celebrations don't offer. I want macaroni and cheese. I want sweet potato pie. And I want a banana pudding. So I decided that I was going to FaceTime my grandma. I had all the materials ready to make banana pudding. And I decided that I was going to FaceTime my grandma and uh, make the banana pudding. Well, I forgot that, like, you know, my grandma's apostolic. So she doesn't really fool with FaceTime. I'm pretty sure she has the ability to FaceTime, but she might think it's witchcraft. So I, I just didn't, I didn't FaceTime. Wait, so do ap- apostolics don't fa- don't FaceTime? No, but my grandma's <laughs> just super spooky and superstitious. So. Okay, I was no, just, no, that's not an apostolic. Thing. Okay, I was like, wait, I what? mean, I could probably FaceTime Rev right now, and he'd say praise the Lord. So okay, yeah, yeah, but uh. So I'm making this banana pudding and I figure like I've watched my grandma do it a thousand times. So I figured I was on the right path. I was doing things that she was talking about on the phone. 
So I get done and it didn't look right, but I figured, hey, maybe I didn't let it like cool long enough. Maybe I did something. I'm sure it still tastes good. Mm -hmm. Man, I stuck my spoon in that banana pudding. I put it in my mouth and that tastes like vanilla (laughs) (laughs) doo-doo. Banana and vanilla. Like it was horrible. Like it it was not banana pudding edible or uh, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't fit for Christian lips. So (laughs) Uh, that was an epic fail. I should have just let Julia make it. But in my head, I was like, no, I'm going to make this. This is my family recipe. That was one of the many. I mean, I could talk about a thousand, but that was one of the many. One of the many epic fails there. Mm. I'm going to be straight with you. When I don't even really have an answer to that question. Um, not because I have never planned something that didn't go as planned, but because as often as humanly possible, I try not to plan things that include lots of people because I cannot stand the way everyone complains about how you didn't do what they wanted. Oh yeah. That's so I try to not put myself in any situations where that happens. Like I plan my kids' birthday parties and I avoid all other things when possible. Um, I mean, I plan absurd. This is going to be Aaron after that. Uh, but I have learned by now how to leave tons and tons of space for unexpected things. Um, I have learned to lower my... I shouldn't say lower. I have learned to change my expectations of um, agendas and timestamps on things. Um, And I actually think by the grace of God, I have wiped from my memory all my early years of planning and ministry and the way that uh, I have been blasted by disappointed people. Uh, Yeah. Man. People's expectations are are rough. Yeah, I think I think for me, like there's a dozen ways that I could cop out on this question. Like, I mean, first of all, I could say I like I said, everything everything in ministry literally ever. Uh, every trip, every missions thing, every everything. I mean, I literally just told the story the other day of 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 um uh on the way being on the way back from a uh church trip in milwaukee that drive is supposed to take i don't know whatever it is seven or eight hours or something like that and it turned into the trip from hell and featuring everything from lost directions to an emergency uh trip to the hospital to uh, a tornado literally driving through a tornado and (laughs) what was supposed to take like seven or eight hours ended up taking dang near you know like 24 almost like it was it was the absolute trip from hell i could i could talk about parenting i could talk about how i had all these visions and ideas of how i was going to be an amazing dad and how many days a week that i think myself if i can just make it to my kids bedtime then i'll be okay you know like i mean that's just real i love my kids but you know it's 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 tough out here sometimes um so so i think i and and just the idea of planning in general um i think does not 
entirely come most like the logistics of planning does not really come most natural to me like i'm really i'm really more the type of person that likes to like live in the big picture so like give me the big idea i.e we're going on vacation to this location bet like i'm good with that i will decide the rest i will decide the rest when i get there you know what I'm saying? Like what we're eating, what we're doing, where we're sleeping, like whatever. I'll figure it out when we get there. You know, I'm not particularly inclined to, you know, plan all that stuff out. And to be completely honest, people who plan the logistics of all that kind of stuff, like that really for me, like takes the fun out of stuff. Like, why do I want the stress of holding to a tight schedule like that that just that just sounds awful to me i know a lot of people aren't like that but i'm like that so i just try to live my life as much as humanly possible like give me the big idea when do you need me to show up where and when uh what are we doing and then like just just i don't know just let the details ride you know what i'm saying yeah that's so true bro and for us, we're just in a space right now where we're trying to plan. We just got, like, approved by our elders to, like, move forward in a plan where we're starting a after-school program, but also, like, doing a building project where we got mm -hmm. a space to do lots of other dope stuff for the community and meet families and, yeah, just have a context where we can see uh, God's kingdom move forward in our neighborhood in really practical ways and help families with childcare. And it's just in a phase of planning now. Wait, real quick, just for free. Where, where can everybody go to, uh, if they're interested in donating, give, give a, give a shameless, uh, plug to where, where they can donate to the cause. You can go to the Vincent mm -hmm. and find out a whole lot more. Mm -hmm. The Vincent mm -hmm. Find out a whole lot more. $5 goes a long way. Amen. Amen. And we're back. And we're back. Yeah. So, <laughs> Super unofficial commercial. <laughs> we decided, like, as a team of elders, it's time that planning happens. And for me, planning is completely unnatural. So it came to a space where I was like, dang, like, and just a wave of anxiety came over me once everything got approved. Mm -hmm. I'm like, dang, now we have to plan it. Yeah. And they want me to do, like, two cuss words in my book, which is strategic <laughs> planning. Amen. They want me to do strategic planning. So... I feel that wave of anxiety just like crash over me. And that night I opened up, uh, opened up the, the uh, liturgy for ordinary radicals and looked at the passage for the day. Shout out to Shane, big Shane Claiborne. And I, I looked at the, I looked at the passage and it was Proverbs 16, nine. And it just kind of slapped me in the face. It slapped me right in the face because Proverbs 16, nine says, the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. And I was like, uh, 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 I have to plan. But as I started thinking about planning, I started asking myself the question, like, all right, so what does it actually mean to, like, plan in a way that honors God? My natural tendency is to just trust in the last part of that verse, like, the Lord establishes my steps, so I don't need to plan. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the reality is it says like it says that a man plans like his steps so how do i plan our steps and partnering with god to see this uh to see this vision come forth
Dude, this pa- this this verse is so interesting. The the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. It's like the word the word but in 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 our minds. I feel like almost like creates this like dichotomy uh, of like of like the heart of man plans this way, but ultimately God does this right. And when we read that, I feel like for a lot of us, we can get into this place where it's like you you kind of you kind of ascribe to to one side of the verse or the other right you ascribe to the side that says says uh the heart of man plants his way so therefore like i need to make my plans i need to like be organized i need to get on this like what are we doing as a church what are we doing as an organization what am i doing with my life what am i doing like plan my steps out by three years i'm going to be here you know all that kind of stuff or you live on the side that says that says the lord establishes his steps which speaks to what you're saying which is like let the red balloon go right i'm just living like god's gonna do what god's gonna do anyway so like let me just let me just kick it you know, kick, kick it down here, right? And those two things set up against each other, right? So when you, um, you know, on the one side, when man plans his way, you run the risk, the tension there is running the risk of planning God's steps, right? Like this is the way I need God to move. These are the things that I need God to do. And you almost take take uh, out of consideration what God wants to do. And you almost like tell God, like Mm -hmm. what's, what's going to happen. Right. Then on the other side, you know, the side that you most naturally fall on, you run the tension of like, yeah, God's going to establish these things, but how does God choose to establish these things on earth? Mm -hmm. How does God choose to establish his kingdom on earth? It's in the heart of man, right? It's in the heart of people. And so if God is choosing to establish his kingdom on earth or establish his steps via his people, then the implication of that, is it not that the people are going to have to move? That the people are going to have to like do something, do something. You know what I'm saying? So it's not that we can just, just live and, and, and let it ride. Right. I think the way that, the way that I look at this in a lot of cases is that um, I kind of look at planning through the lens of stewardship. Like I live, as I mentioned earlier, I live in the big picture. And so I look at God's steps or God's plans, the things that, the things that I believe he wants to do to establish his kingdom on earth as a big picture that he has entrusted me with. Mm. And he has placed me within a specific context and so he's trusting me just as the parable of someone who, who, uh, of the, uh, the rich guy who trusted yeah. and then went away for a while, trusted his talents to, uh, to a servant, went away for a while, came back and said, what'd you do with him? You know what I'm saying? Like, this is, this is a picture that God has entrusted me with within a particular mm-hmm. context and he's gone away for a while. And when he comes back, I believe wholeheartedly that he is going to ask me, what did you do with the picture that I entrusted you with within the context that I placed you in? And that's the way that I look that, that I look at planning is like, I have to make the most of what I know God wants me to do where he has put me. And I can't just go in haphazardly or accidentally, but how do I, 
lead intentionally and make the most efficient use and the best use and the most loving use and the most people honoring use and the most God honoring use of time and resources that I've been given within the context that I've been placed. You know, feel free to do some hermeneutics and see if, if, but is the correct conjunction there for, uh, the English translation here, but all right. If I get heretical, mute my mic. Um, but I feel like you can't read this without taking into consideration who wrote it. So Solomon wrote this, all right? So what do we know about Solomon? Solomon wrote this proverb. Solomon was a king of Israel. Solomon's father was David. David was a king of Israel. David led the Israelites into battle. Solomon was raised in a, in a home where he was watching his father lead the Israelite army all over the place. Solomon also watched his dad and his brother go at it when Absalom's trying to take the throne and all this stuff. So Solomon is writing, you know, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps after watching a military father growing up. Do you mean to tell me that David never planned for battle? Like, he had to train the Israelites. He had to give them situations. He had to pre prepare their bodies and their minds and their strategies for battle, right? I mean, the most that we see David, uh, before we see him as king, we see him anointed and, and running from, from Saul, right? So, like, David's got strategy ingrained in him. You don't have strategy without planning, and we also see David constantly taking his life to prayer. And so we can only assume that that is what Solomon grew up seeing. Solomon grew up his whole life before he wrote this book of wisdom, seeing a life of strategy and prayer paired together. And so I'm curious if the original language actually has a but there, or if this is where Hebrew is not translating well to English, and then we have done lazy translations of saying, yeah, like, we can make our plans, but like, man, like, God, God and the Holy Spirit are going are gonna to trump all that, so like, why should we plan? Like, that argument is not even taking into consideration um, who wrote it what he's seen his whole life and taking his experience and saying, yeah, we make our plans and God orders our steps. I have to believe that and is probably a better, a better translation. Um, I, but you know, that's just my thoughts. Yeah. I think was so, I think was so difficult for me is I wish, like, yeah, I wish and was there or something else was there because I see, like, when Corey talked about the two ideas as competing, like, in my head, like, there's such different concepts that it's difficult for me to say, all right, like, so where does one stop and mm -hmm. where does the other start? Right. Like, where does my planning start and where does, uh yeah, God's sovereignty, like in many ways, it's like, so if God is sovereign, why am I planning? If I'm planning, do I believe God is sovereign? I know that's a false dichotomy. Like I can lay that on the table, but like, yeah, I guess the question for me is like, where does one start and where does the other stop? Mm -hmm. And even though like, that's not the way I should probably be thinking about it. Like in my head, it's like, all right, 
So how do I? God is sovereign. That is, yeah, that's not up to me. That's up to him. Praise God. He's sovereign. But on the other hand, where, yeah, so how should I plan? Where does my planning start and where does my planning stop? Like, how should I plan? You know, I think about when when David met Abigail. So when David met Abigail, he had sent some of his men to speak to Nabal. And they went and they told him, hey, Nabal, I know it's sheep shearing. I know you have this, you know, there's all the all the festivities that come with that. Can, can me and my men partake in your feast? Because, hey, we took care of your flocks and we took care of your people. And Nabal's like, who is this David son of Jesse? Like, dude, <laughs> he literally knows who he is because he just said, who is David son? Like, he knows who he is. Nabal's just being a jerk, right? So, so David gets offended. And David tells his men, 200 of you stay here and 400 of you are coming with me. We're slaughtering Nabal and everyone associated with him. So David makes this plan and David's got a plan and David's on the road. Um, his initial plan was, hey, let's, let's, let's party with Nabal uh, during sheep shearing time. And then his plan becomes, actually, let's take him out. But Abigail makes a plan. Abigail, Abigail makes a plan because the servants of Nabal have come to her and said, hey, uh, our, our master deeply offended David, and we know how strong his army is. This is not going to go well. Abigail, we need you. So Abigail makes a plan. And she gets together all this stuff, and she goes out to meet David. And when she encounters David, now Abigail is, she is so in this time, she would have had no rights. Um, she went against her husband's word. Abigail literally could have been put to death for going before uh, this anointed man, uh, the future king, and she could have been put to death and put out by her husband because of what she did. But she takes all this stuff and she goes before David and she bows before him and says, forgive me. Forgive my husband. I, I did not know what he did. Please accept this offering. And so we got two separate plans going. And David technically by law was justified in his plan. Um, and Abigail was seeking God as well on hers. And then David's plan becomes halted when he, as an extremely humble man, uh, recognizes what God is doing in front of him. Mm. And so he says, you know what? I made a plan. And you know what? My plan actually by law was okay. But I see that God is doing something else. Mm. Mm -hmm. And he honors what's happening. And Abigail made a plan that seemed crazy by world standards. She was, she was so far out of pocket for what women were allowed to do in that time. But she believed in what God was doing. And she also believed in the anointing on David's life, which she honored in, in what she said to him when she came before him. And so, like, the way I see it is you got to have some kind of plan. And when the two come to a head is when you – when you as a person submissive to the Holy Spirit and submissive to God say, hey, I had my plan, but God, I see you also might be doing something. Yep. So let me honor that. And so David was honoring to Abigail. David, David told all his guys, like, hey, never mind. We're going to call this off. They retreated. They, they received the gifts that Abigail prepared. They went back to what they were doing. She went back to what she was doing. And then, you know, the way it all ends, God ends up honoring the entire situation. Yep. Um, and... 
So, I mean, that doesn't make David's planning in vain. It makes, and it makes Abigail's planning very, very worth it. She saved all of the people. Um, and then eventually ended up queen, but that's, yeah. you know, how things go on later. But yeah, I don't know. That's how I see it. I think the, <clears throat> the, um, God, God is always the trump card, right? Mm. So, so anytime in any situation, we need to be readily prepared to pivot based on what the Holy Spirit is doing, right? That's the, that, like, that's what's been established. We have to not hold so tightly to the plans of our hearts that when God does step in via the Holy Spirit, we are unable to pivot because of how holy we're how tightly we're holding on to our plans right so that's like that's that's a one that's like precedent that's been set that's that's number one i think though in regards to how to plan for me and maybe this is like maybe this is a little a little uh bunny trail but i think so much of how we plan has to come out of who god has made us to be if that makes sense like our planning ought to be almost out of like our identity um, and if you don't know who you are, then no wonder you can't put a cohesive or coherent plan together for your life, right? Like, mm. do I want to do this? Do I want to do that? Do I want to do this? Do I want to do that? Well, I don't know. Who are you? Like, what? who has God made you? Who has God called you to be? When you don't have that vision for your life, no wonder you're running around like haphazardly. You need to begin with a plan and an understanding of like how God has made you. Like, for example, like I know that... Uh, you know, being handy or, uh, you know, uh, minded of the, some of the, some of the more skilled trades in our society is not a particular design that I have come, uh, divinely packaged with. Okay. So, (laughs) so the sudden, so the sudden plan to like, and then for me to save money on future car repairs, I'm going to get my mechanics license. So then I never have to like, I think that that's probably a little outside of where like God would have that going, right? Like that's probably a plan that I don't I don't need to make. I think so much of um so much of this planning needs to be out of uh who we are. So for you feeling the stress of making a strategic plan, part of that stress I believe probably comes from the fact that that's not your most natural divinely wired way of thinking and feeling, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't exempt you Mm -hmm. from having an organizational plan for the Vincent house. Right. Yeah. So then what is, what is your charge then? Develop an organizational plan for the Vincent house, but find somebody, find somebody, find somebody who is strategically wired. Yeah. And yeah, in Jesus name. All right. So acknowledging, acknowledging that, you know, a good portion of the people who listen to this are not in everyday vocational ministry. What are practical takeaways that you would specifically mention when it comes to the plans that we make and leaving room for uh, God to be the one to establish the steps? Yeah. Uh huh. Some years ago, I was, uh, I needed a new phone and 
I was a fateful BlackBerry user. <laughs> oh my god! I loved my BlackBerry. I had a full keyboard. I, <laughs> I liked the Palm Pilot. Listen, I went from similar. I went from flip phone to slide phone. Oh yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah I yeah, never yeah, did yeah. the slides. I had a slide phone. I had a slide. Then I had slide. I went from slide phone to BlackBerry. BlackBerry. Because on my BlackBerry. Like, I had a full keyboard. Uh-huh. I could access the internet. Tell them what you really cared about. most importantly, yeah. I cared about yeah. the game called Brick Breaker. Brick Breaker. Yep. Like, I loved Brick Breaker. I sat in class and played Brick Breaker. Yeah. Like, sorry, professors, if you're listening. Like, at Malone University, I was playing Brick Breaker. Like my, head, my head was down or my laptop was up, and I was playing Brick Breaker. But I loved Brick Breaker, so I didn't dream. I dreamed of like getting a new BlackBerry. I was like, "All right," I was like, "I'm gonna get a new BlackBerry. We're gonna play Brick Breaker." So I'm in a store with Corey and Mikey. I somebody gave me a ride. I think my car was busted then. It was always busted. Somebody gave me a ride to the Sprint store where I went to get a new BlackBerry. <laughs> they had been telling me, but like for days, as we talked about this, bro, don't get a don't get a BlackBerry. Don't That's get a BlackBerry, bro. Quit being the green bubble people. Get on get on the, the, the blue bubble wave, team iPhone. Let's go. And we I can was get like group chats going. Like, we got it. I was like, I don't want to get a black. I was like, I don't want to get an iPhone. I want a BlackBerry. I want to play Brick Breaker. <laughs> I literally want a BlackBerry. He's not exaggerating. These are dead serious our exact conversations. I was like, I want to play Brick Breaker. It's just not worth not having Brick Breaker. <laughs> I like my I had Mikey check on the apple store for brick breaker app they didn't have one i was like (laughs) brick breaker you know what i bet that exists now i'm gonna yeah i gotta wait till after this is over (laughs) try to find it but i go okay i go i'll think about it but then when i got in the app when i got we got in the store i was like okay sprint store i was like i was like dang this new blackberry is fresh so i say to the lead retail consultant (laughs) hey bro i need you to to get me this blackberry so before like in a normal instance like the lead retail consultant is a retail consultant so he should just go get me a, a blackberry <laughs> the lead retail consultant decided that he wanted to educate that day. so he decided i'm gonna tell you why you shouldn't get a blackberry and why you should get an iphone 4 so he proceeds to say hey man uh do you have an email address i'm like yes he's like well if you get this iPhone, you can access your emails far easier. They'll pop up like a text message. Hey, do you do this? Do you do this? Do you do this? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, hey, do you have a good sense of direction? I'm like, no. No. (laughs) Terrible, actually. He's like, he's like, actually, he's like, he's like, Maps is just a great app. He's like, it was if he was going to make more money for selling an iPhone. Ah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Man, so he's just selling me on this iPhone, and I'm like, no, bro. Give me a brick breaker. <laughs> so eventually, like, he broke me down. My homies broke me down. And I got an iPhone. Oh, what he asked you was, he, sa- he said, well, tell it to me the other way. Why <laughs> do you want a BlackBerry? Yeah. And you're like, because I want to be able to play brick breaker. And when I tell you this man's face, like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure this was not in the training manual. <laughs> he looks at James and he goes, Sir, I can't tell you the last BlackBerry that I've sold, and I can honestly tell you that Brick Breaker is not a good enough reason to not switch over to iPhone. (laughs) 
and me and Mikey fell out. Like just <laughs> like they like busted out laughing like in the Sprint store. Brick Breaker is not a reason to get a BlackBerry. And you know, now that I think about it, <laughs> I check my emails every day really easily on my iPhone. Uh, I use Maps every day to go everywhere. I don't even know how I got places before like Google Maps. And all the amenities of having an iPhone is a tool that helps me live my life in an easier way. The reality, I think a tidbit for us is to find tools, like find things that will help you plan in an easy way. If you're wired like me, it's just not natural. And if it wasn't for the tools that I've come across over the years, I went through a whole year long cohort called X-Core. And that was a tool that helped me look at planning in an easier way. And it really helped me just like get, I was drowning in planning. Shout out Susie. Like that year just really helped me like get my head above water and see our organization in a different way. And I think even if you're not leading an organization, even if you're just saying like, man, how do I order my life? How do I lead this passion that I have? Man, finding tools that can help you like are essential and for me the best tool is people so finding people who can help you Mm -hmm. is absolutely essential i would just i would just real quick before you before you tie this up add in one more shameless plug that uh if you would like uh, a whole toolkit of tools on how to better know yourself and how to better lead yourself you can find we can link you with Susie or many other wonderful great giant worldwide consultants today just reach out to us and we'll we'll get you hooked up praise god i mean i'm gonna start making you record commercials if you're gonna be interrupting <laughs> with ads like this they're, they're helpful man do i got the skip ads button like on youtube <laughs> Yeah, it's called the next 15 seconds button. Next. Um, no, but for real, I think um, aside from aside from tools, tools are insanely important. The only thing I would add is leave space. Learn how to leave space. The best the best thing that I have learned how to do is to leave space in my schedule. To not plan uh, everything down to the minute to where you are rushing from thing to thing to where you are stressed when your time frames don't hit on the way that you want them to like leave leave space. Um, you know, I got to drop the kids off and pick them up at school. And I have noticed that doing school drop off and pick up getting there early for drop off. My kids are calmer when we when we get to school in the morning. They've like got some of their wiggles and some of their crazy out while we're sitting there in the drop-off line. Leave space. Um, getting there early for pickup. Like that's when I can respond to emails. That's when I can respond to text messages. That's when I catch up on podcasts. And that's when I, uh, you know, do the Bible app daily devotional thing. Like I do all that stuff sitting in the pickup line by getting there early. It leaves space so that when I'm doing other things, I'm not where I'm not going down my list of things I didn't get done yet. Because I was constantly chained to my phone to respond to people and, and check apps. Like, I do that when I sit in the pickup line. I leave space. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even if you're, if you're a planner, if you're running an organization, um, if you're running events, like, 
Like when we plan absurd, when we plan absurd and I plan the sessions, there is a half hour of unaccounted for space after every single thing. Now notice I'm not saying that until this airs after the event so that all of our <laughs> all of our singers and, and, and preachers are not going, oh, she's got a half hour unaccounted for. I got 15 more minutes. Like, nah, I don't tell them that. Um, I don't tell them that. But what Brother, I do. Can I have the liberty? Yeah, but what I do Yikes. is in the in the sessions, like the main stage session and the breakout sessions, there's a half hour unaccounted for so that it so that I don't got to feel like I got to cut anybody off because God knows I'm not taking a ni- uh, microphone from Reverend Dr. O'Neill Kwabi. I have Amen. never taken a microphone out of her hands. So Amen. I leave a Amen. half hour of unaccounted for space in everything that comes with planning that event so that the worship team has the freedom. The speakers have the freedom so that I'm not stressed out as a type A planner kind of person, I'm not stressed out because things aren't down to the minute and leave space. Like make your plans because plans are important. Plans help you be organized. Plans, plans, they, they create so much organization, but man, leave space because God is God. Your plans are not your God. And so that's, that's, the, IG, that's the IG quote. That's Drop all, it. <laughs> Bless up. Drop it. All right, listen. So what we'll what we'll do is we will link up uh, the Vincent House, as James was saying. And we'll, we'll link up Corey's ads. We'll link up Corey's ads in the descriptions. Uh, in the description. needs to be a weekly segment. <laughs> <laughs> what are Corey's ads today? Oh gosh. You know what? I got this great smoothie. The man, other I'm day. Gonna, man, I'm muting you. I'll link up I'll link up all that stuff in the descriptions on today's episode. So if you want to get info on the Vincent House, um, if you want to get info on know yourself to lead yourself stuff, because I mean legit all three of us have been through those giant intensives and they're so, so, so good to learn how you're wired and to help yourself figure out planning and how you hear from God and like literally all that stuff, who you were created to be. So we'll link all that up in the de- in the description on this. All right, thanks for being with us. We'll see you in two weeks. What's, What's up? up? Buzz up.